0: Coming to you via the internet and your friends at PipesMagazine.com. It's the Pipes Magazine Radio Show. Seven seconds of silence would be funnier than the normal gibberish here. Now I invite you to sit back, relax, the smoking lamp is lit. Here's your host, Brian Levine. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Pipes Magazine radio show. Yes, the sometimes irreverent, sometimes educational, but always entertaining weekly pipe smoking broadcast. And I am your host, Brian Levine. And on this week's episode in uh, Pipe Parts, we're going to talk about uh, the little tiny bits, the bits of tobacco. What do you do with the little tiny bits of tobacco? And then my guest is uh, Steve Fallon, the pipe stud. We get caught up with him and hear, uh, yeah, hear what's going on in, uh, in his part of the pipe smoking world. Music, mailbag, and rant, all that coming up on this week's episode of the Pipes Magazine radio show. Uh, Before we get started, reminder you must be of legal smoking age wherever you are in order to listen to this show, so if you're not, turn it off. And remember, brand new episodes of the Pipes Magazine radio show come out every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, and they're downloaded there and uh, saved there for posterity, so you can go back and listen to them anytime you want afterwards. Uh, please make sure that you are sharing out the pipes magazine radio show. Uh, in fact, I've had a few friends of mine that have asked me some questions that proves to me that they're not listening to the show. So I shared it out and, uh, reminded them and, uh, all right, before we get, uh, too far into this, I will not be at the mule town pipe show coming up the, in, uh, 10 days, two weeks. Uh, it just, it's just too much going on here and i just couldn't get away and i'm going to miss it i hope that a lot of you go i hope you all have a good time i know that uh pete and the guys at Briarworks are putting on one heck of a show and uh yeah i'll be sitting here at home working on projects and more about that later on in the rant uh but uh yeah anyway uh i will be at the chicago show and talking about the chicago show let me give a shout out to the get piped podcast adam and nick for a uh, great visit that they had. La- I believe it was last week's show. I could be wrong. Uh, last week's show with, uh, Tim Garrity on and talking about the Chicago pipe show and the rundown there. Uh, so go, go listen to that and, uh, you know, listen to all the pipe smoking related podcasts. Cause there's uh four or five of them now and you'll, you'll hear me and Steve talk about that real briefly. Um, but yeah, make sure you're, make sure you're listening to all the pipe podcasts out there, but especially if you're going to Chicago, like I am, uh, go listen to the one, uh, the get piped podcast with Tim Garrity. Cause uh, those guys did a great job and, uh, Tim went into a lot of detail of what's coming up for this, uh, this year's Chicago pipe show. If you're looking for any pipe show related information, or if you're hosting a pipe show or an event, you can go to pipesmagazine.com and, uh, Posted on the forums and the events for free. And if you want to email Kevin at pipesmagazine.com and he'll post it on the uh, events page or the, the pipe show page. Um, what exactly is the name of that page? I should know that by heart by now. Uh, it says pipe shows. So you can list them there and put links in and all that stuff. Kevin offers that for free for you. So there you go. All right, let's get the show rolling. So everybody sit back, relax, fire up a bowl. Thank you all for tuning in, and here we go.
1: Houston, we have a problem. A we
2: copy. State the nature of your emergency, please.
3: Houston, we're out of pipe tobacco up here.
2: A we copy. Stand by. The flight director recommends visiting tinbids.com, the pipe collectors auction site. You copy? Roger Houston,
3: stand by. We're looking into it. Okay, we're on 10 bids now. They have vintage and hard-to-find tobaccos, pipes, and accessories. Is that correct?
2: That's affirmative. That's 10bids.com.
3: Okay, Houston, we've secured our tobacco.
1: Now, how do we get it up here?
3: Um stand by. We're working on a solution.
1: Visit 10bids.com, the pipe collector's auction site, and sign up for free today. We have liftoff. List off. We have arrived at 155. Missouri Meerschaum Company has been authentically crafting corn cob pipes continually
0: for 155 years. To celebrate, we're hosting a 155th anniversary celebration on Saturday, September 28, 2024. There will be ticketed working plant tours, an exhibit on the corn cob pipe industry by Skillet Fork Pipe Museum, a live podcast of The Gray Woody Show a smoking tent for your enjoyment, and so much more. The 155th anniversary celebration will be held in conjunction with downtown Washington's Fall Festival of the Arts and Crafts with food, beverages, live music, and over 100 vendors. Visit our Facebook page at Cool Smoking Pipes for fun event updates and more information. Missouri Mearshawn Company, since 1869. are back on the pipes magazine radio show all right pipe parts um so the little the, the the little tiny pieces of tobacco at the bottom of a tin so what i do in my normal day-to-day is i have a tin of my acadian ribbon and that tin will last me five days now because i'm mixing in other stuff to smoke in between and yeah five six days So, and and as the tin gets towards the bottom and this is where the, the, uh, yeah, this is really where the impetus comes from for this, uh, as the tin gets towards the bottom, I notice that the bowls get, you know, the, the smaller and smaller pieces are down there and the, uh, the experience gets richer and richer. So when the tin is brand new, what I do is I open it up. And I take the remaining half bowl or maybe a bowl full of tobacco from the previous tin, and dump it in there. I've talked about this in the past, but what that helps do is uh, it—you don't want a whole—you don't want a whole tin—you don't want a whole bowl full of little tiny flakes and stuff or little tiny dusty pieces. So I put it into the next tin, shake the tin, you know, close the tin, shake it, let it sit for a couple of hours. So that does a couple of things. One, it saves that, that old uh, small flaky tobacco, small pieces. It also helps with the moisture level of the new tin because those pieces have been, you know, open and closed over five days and you can, uh, yeah, so it starts to dry down the new tin. So I always want to, I always want to take that last bowl full, dump it in the new tin, give it three or four hours, hopefully. So it'll help draw down some of the moisture in the new tin. But what I do then is, and I'm going to do it right now for you, uh, audio only though. Uh, when I'm getting ready to load a bowl out of it, I shake the tin upside down so that some of that small stuff comes up to the top. Because as we've talked about in the past, and I think Jeremy Reeves has mentioned it, those small pieces work great as uh as a tobacco kindling to start the bowl with and you want to kind of mix them throughout the bowl so that they help keep the bowl burning evenly but i always try to grab you know some of that stuff and put it on the top of the on the top of my bowl of tobacco so that it helps get it started evenly But what I'm finding out now is I'm really enjoying those, you know, last four or five bowls out of the tin with the smaller stuff. It's a little richer. It's a little stronger. It's a little stouter. Um, So what what I'm thinking about doing now is trying to keep some tins of smaller stuff. So that way the smaller stuff I can use them for when I want a more intense bowl. Or uh, on the other hand, keep the normal tin when I want a more moderate bowl. Um, the other thing that I do sometimes is, especially if I'm switching from like a tin of a Scudo or a tin of, uh, of Carolina red flake with Perique, and I'm not going to open up another one or even some of the straight Virginias is I'll use that last sprinkling and I'll put it into my Acadian ribbon. Uh, now, as I've been smoking, (laughs) as I look at the bottom of the current tin that I need to, uh, change out in about, uh, in about another bowl or two. There's a lot of really small stuff down there, so uh, it may get to the point where I may have to dump all that small stuff or just use a little bit. But I'm wondering, what else do you, you know? What else do you guys do with all this? All these small pieces at the bottom. Uh, have you taken a little bit of an English blend and put it into a Virginia, or a little bit of a Virginia Perique blend and put it into an English? Uh, do you do a little bit of mixing of your own that way by taking the too small to really use in a full bowl. Leftovers from a previous tin or a jar, and move it into another one. Yeah, you know, move it into the next tin. Uh, do you do what some other folks do, which is you know a dump jar, which is just all that small stuff left over from multiple different blends. You just keep dumping it in there. And uh, we used to call it uh, we used to call it a floor mixings blend, uh, especially in the in the tobacco shops. It was you know whatever was left over from making a blend you just bundle it up and you know put it in a bag and call it the floor mixings blend uh in the tobacco factories there's always a little bit left over and I can tell you what the factories do when they're done running a uh, if they're running 20,000 pounds of a blend and it just doesn't come out even they'll take the last 5 10 20 pounds whatever it is that doesn't you know maybe we don't have the bags or the tins for it or whatever mix it they'll mix it back into some case aromatic at like three to five percent so they'll take that last uh five ten twenty pounds whatever it is of high grade you know virginia's or Englishes, and then sprinkle that into a twenty thousand pound or a ten thousand pound run of an aromatic and that just helps you know it helps make sure that no tobacco goes to waste um I'm also wondering, and and this may go towards uh, you know some of the uh, some of the crumble cakes that are popular now, or even the uh, the plug flakes that are popular now. Uh, when you get down to the point where you just don't have a bowl left, and you got to really break that up and mix it into the next thing, you can end up with a lot of small pieces. So now I'm thinking maybe you know breaking stuff up into smaller pieces and breaking some up into larger pieces is a way to vary the, uh, the intensity of that, uh, of that, uh, of that plug flake or the Kringle or the, <laughs> I'm, I'm losing my thoughts on this as I'm thinking about it and getting all, uh, getting all excited on uh, different ways to handle the, uh, the plugs and the crumble cakes. So just some thoughts on, uh, what to do with the, when you have less than a bowl full left over of a blend that you really like, how do you work with it? For me, in most cases, I just reincorporate it into the next tin of Acadian ribbon. And I do make sure and use those little tiny pieces on the top of a bowl. Uh, I try to get those, you know, try to get those and sprinkle those on top. Uh, could you make another blend of it? Sure. Uh, but I also use it to dry down the previous tin. So there you go. Comments, questions, email me, Brian at pipesmagazine.com. And in just a moment, my conversation with Steve Fallon. <laughs>
1: This is Internet Radio. Hi, I'm Jeremy Reeves, head blender of Cornell & Deal. We know pipe smoking is a personal journey. That's why our small team of blending and production experts take a personal approach in every step, preparing tobacco products just for you. We source top-quality leaf through the personal connections we've made around the world, hand-blend that leaf, and carefully package each tin. Each product, from special releases like our small batch line to our most popular mixtures like Autumn Evening, are made right here in South Carolina by professionals dedicated to providing the finest of smoking experiences. Lighting up a pipe is an exploration through evolving flavors, thoughts, memories, and even dreams. From our hands to yours, Cornell and Deal tobaccos are your passport for that voyage, provided by people who, like you, value the journey.
0: Well, we are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show and joining us is a uh, is, is a voice you've heard on the show many times and uh, I've allowed enough time for you to recover since the last time he was on. Uh the the one who <laughs> I, uh, Steve, I still don't think it was your wife that called you the pipe stud. I think it was you that said, I'm the stud of pipes. And uh, the the pipe stud, Steve Fallon, welcome, to, welcome back to the Pipes Magazine radio show.
3: Well, it's great to be here, and I'm surprised it's taken you so long to get me back. I'm sure there have been droves of people demanding my return, so uh, I'm glad you finally acquiesced and brought me back
0: demanding your return or demanding your ex uh i'm, I'm sorry yeah something like that yeah all the <laughs> postcards you should have seen them
3: <laughs> yeah i'll bet
0: they were they were stacked up so high that i almost noticed them on the floor um uh, <laughs> <laughs> however the hamster didn't mind him in the bottom of his cage so thank you
3: well thank you
0: yeah all right um so i think I think since the last time you were on the show, you might have been uh, coronated as a, a newly minted doctor of pipes, uh, you know, and uh, I can't remember the last time you were on the show. Do you?
3: Well, I, I, I think it was before that. I'm not sure exactly. Uh, that was, what, 2019 or 2020, so I, uh, I just don't know.
0: Yeah, well, listen, at our age, we're, you know, we ought to be happy that we can just remember numbers, right?
3: Got that right. Yeah. Uh, so,
0: no, I thought it'd be fun to, fun to hear from you. First of all, on, uh, got a couple of questions for you. The first one is, you know, you, you got your hand in the market. Uh, you got your hand on the, uh, on the estate pipe market, some new pipes. You got your hand involved in some, uh, tobacco stuff. Um. Uh, What do you any any interesting market trends in the last couple of years? Anything that's kind of stood out to you?
3: Oh yeah, there've been there've been several as far as the market trends on pipes. Uh, You know, the longer we go, Brian, the uh, these pipes that used to command a whole lot more money. Uh, they haven't been made in 40 and 50 years now instead of 20 and 30. <laughs> yeah. So uh, a lot of the younger uh, generation are, are not going after them. And uh, those, like, uh, uh, probably a little bit older than you and me, or certainly older than you, maybe older than me, uh, are are not uh, collecting those those brands anymore. One of, uh, for instance, Barlings, pre-trans Barlings,
4: yeah.
3: uh, back uh, in the uh, late 90s and early 2000s, uh, they were just as, as highly collected as any brand I can think of. And now uh, getting $200 for a used uh, pre-trans barley in great shape uh, is a feat. So uh, that's just one of the things. But uh, all of these younger pipe makers that have come along, especially in the United States, uh, where the, the proliferation has been huge, uh, and you see some great younger Italian carvers uh, as well, uh, and, and they're highly regarded and they're talked about. And, of course, the younger generation uses every social media there is available. Uh, and so the word gets out on all of them rather quickly. So uh, I've seen prices on those do very, very well. So, yeah, I've, I've definitely seen some of the old guard like, uh, and I call it Costello old guard, too, Costello and Dunhill and Barlings, uh, while their values have dropped uh, quite a bit. Uh, you see all these young artisan pipe makers coming along with, uh, uh, with their brand of pipes and they're doing a great job and the prices are good.
0: Are there going back to like the Barling Dunhill, Sassini, I'm assuming Sheraton's kind of in that same. Yes,
3: absolutely. Yeah. yeah
0: you know, the, I mean, you're right. These, you know, the, some of those, some of those older English brands, I mean, on the, on the estate market, they were hotter than a Texas tumbleweed in July.
3: You know. Oh, absolutely. It's just a it's just a change in uh, in the times.
0: Are there still some of the uh, uh, you know some of the more uh, the more hard to find models? I, and I'm thinking like the soup, you know, like the Sheraton, whatever the Super Supremes were, or like the Dunhill DRS or the Barling Guinea, you know, whatever, uh, what was it? The Guinea grain and the Guinea grain. Yeah. 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 Are some of those still holding market value or the, uh, or they've suffered too?
3: Well, you know, I probably should have clarified myself a little bit. The higher end stuff like what you're talking about that are very rare and always have been are still collector's items, uh, and, and, uh, collectors do go after them. But, uh, you know, where you, where you used to uh, see a, Costello Sea Rock or a Dunhill Shell uh just an average uh pipe for them mm-hmm. uh whatever it may be uh were still skyrocketing in prices uh, 20 years ago and now unless there's something really special uh then the prices are way down but yeah those DRs they still do great as far as Dunhill is concerned and of course the uh the Kumasumlatas and whatever they have and the Sheridan's brands that are way up there are still collectible but uh uh, but for the most part, these uh, these factory pipes or pipes that come out of factories uh, that may be handmade, uh, unless they're special. Uh, if they've if their name is Costello and Dunhill and Sheridan and others like them, uh, it, their heart sells.
0: So, so you're saying like a family era Sassini four dot is probably a pretty good value right now. But good luck finding the you know the patent one
3: dots. Oh, well, that's true. Uh, you know, the, I just sold last week, this past week, a, uh, a nice Sassini uh, four-dot family-era pipe. It went for 200 bucks, which I think is fine, but it would have, uh, uh, this was a nice pipe, would have commanded uh, more 10 years ago. But uh, yeah, and it's tough to get, uh, uh, like you mentioned, the Sassinis, unless they're a, yeah. uh, a real rare one, you're not going to find them.
0: Yeah, so maybe now's the time to go back and look for my uh my birth year Dunhill shell briar. cuz I mean, yes it's an antique, but still if if
3: <laughs> Well, I have a uh, my own, my uh, uh I have a shell 1952, the year of my birth pipe. Uh but seriously, if I was to put it on eBay, uh it would be okay. It's a patent. era Dunhill, you know, get 200, 250 for it, big deal if it's a Dunhill DR, uh, three-star or whatever they do nowadays or whatever they did back then, uh, it'd be high. But again, that's, that's, uh, that's the exception rather than the rule.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, any, uh, I, I, and I'm, so I'm guessing, you know, like the, the barlings of course, and, and with all these estate pipes, it, a lot of it comes down to the condition of them you find one unsmoked and that's going to be dramatically more valuable than one that's been, uh, you know, road hard and put up wet, like an 18 year old mule.
3: Yes, sir. That's right. That's, uh, uh, they'll, there'll still be a, a nice value for anyone who's selling a, a patent Dunhill. That's unsmoked. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes, sir. That's right.
0: Yeah. Uh, what are you seeing on the tobacco side has, uh, uh, is is Jermaine still crazy and some of the you know some of the rare current production stuff still selling like like you know like hot cakes
3: uh yes sir it's uh, that hasn't changed too much over the last five years except some of the uh when when the syrian latakia uh, ran out in 2017 uh just about anything made with syrian lotakia uh commanded really high prices but now that's kind of dropping uh, yeah. and only the really special stuff uh, that people are, you know knew about. Great Syrian Latakia coming from uh, McClellan's, for example. Uh, great Syrian Latakia coming from uh, uh, Cornell and Deal back when they were uh, blending those peas tobaccos with the Syrian Latakia. I'm talking about all these old, old Latakias are doing great, uh, but it's the ones that, you know, like Solani Black and White and Solani something else. They had two blends that were... That's Syrian Kia well, at first you could sell them for 90 bucks for a 2-ounce tin because it was Syrian Kia Now they're down to $65
4: huh.
3: uh, for collectors that go after it. But anything Esoterica, you know, anything that's germane, anything that's McClellan's, uh, you know, those are automatics. Uh, you'll take those to sell every day of the week, twice on Sunday. Uh, other blends or other brands come out with blends, uh, Years ago, that are no longer made, those are valuable. Um, I, th- I think that uh, in the uh, state market on tobacco, you pretty much nailed the ones that are still uh, they're still doing really, really well. Uh, they are collectible, and uh, people pay a high high premium for them.
0: Yeah, and just to make sure my wife's not listening, so all my McClellan, is, it's basically going up, what, five bucks a tin per year, ten bucks a tin?
3: i <laughs> I'm not about to say that, because if uh, if a potential consigner heard me say that, he might back off. Uh, <laughs> but if your wife's around, uh, sure, I'll go along with you. Yep. Uh, but no, I, I really think that uh, the collector's market for tobacco is just going to continue to grow as time goes on. There are young blenders uh, who are making some really fine tobaccos. Jeremy Reeves over at Cornell and Deal, one of them, who's mm-hmm. uh, come up with those small batch Brett red Virginia blends that have the higher sugar content. I think uh, once they're 10, 15, 20 years old, people are going to be after them like they are after the 20-year-old McClellans. Uh, I think that um, uh, anytime you you get a market where you have um, newer tobaccos, Uh, that are being sold online everywhere that sells tobacco uh, are not going to be very collectible because they can get them collectible from the collector's standpoint because they don't have a lot of age, which a lot of them look for because of the taste. Uh, But uh, they do want to still buy it because if they want to collect for an an additional 10, 15, or 20 years and get a tobacco that's good now, it's probably going to be a heck of a lot better in 20 years.
0: All right, we're going to take a break right here. When we come back, I'm going to ask you one very pointed question about tobacco, and then we're going to switch to uh, the the future of the pipe hobby. So uh, stay with us. We'll be back with uh, Steve Fallon, the pipe stud, in just a minute.
5: For over 150 years, Peterson has welcomed all pipe smokers. It's the preferred choice of the thinking man and the everyman alike and our workshop too is a place of hospitality and warmth. Hi, I'm Glenn Whelan and for me, Peterson is a family tradition I've known since my childhood. My dad, Tony Whelan Jr worked at Peterson for 53 years and has been my home since 2003. From sweeping our factory on a Saturday morning, to managing our store, to now steering our international distribution, I've seen the craftsmanship poured into each Peterson pipe. It lives in Jason's discerning eye as he handcrafts our silver accents and in Wojciech's able hands as he carves our rustications. It abides in Willie's grading and in Warren's papering. Peterson has welcomed us as contributors to its legacy. And it's a welcome we always extend to you. Cade miele 100,000 welcomes. Wherever you come from, whosoever you be.
0: We are back on the Pipes Magazine Radio Show, visiting with my friend and uh, and husband to one of my girlfriends, uh, Steve Fallon, the Pipe Stud. All right, Steve, let, let's get let's get real pointed here for a minute. Okay. So, in the in the past couple of years, the uh, Carolina Red Flake with parique from uh, from Cornell and Deal has become a favorite of mine, and the Sutliff Kringle Flake in these small batches. Now are all of these small batches going to be winners in the future on the on the uh, on the, the aged or vintage tobacco market, or is there going to be too many of them? What, what do you think?
3: Well, I don't I really don't think there'll be too many of them because of the way you know the laws are with tobacco and selling it and licenses and uh, funding uh, conduits for sales. All these different things are, are going to get more difficult rather than less difficult. So I think, unfortunately, we're, we're going to see what we – the trend that we've seen now is that you get uh, uh, less blenders. But the good news is with, with some of the things you're getting, because there still are tobacco growers out there, uh, and they're still growing some really fine leaf,
0: yeah.
3: uh, you've got these uh, places like Cornell and Deal who are, who are getting it up uh, as far as great red blend, uh, red uh, tobacco is concerned. Uh, you know, the Virginia craze is never, I don't think it'll ever stop again. Uh, for some reason, I don't know why, you know, used to when the people were younger, uh, back in my day, uh, they were going for the Kia blends thinking those were exotic. And now they're going for the Virginia blends thinking those are the best. And so, uh, uh, and because of the quality of belief which you uh, attest to by, by, uh, by you're saying that you like those Corn, uh, Cornell and Deal, Virginias, uh, they're going to be worth way more uh, on down the road than they are now. Uh, if uh, especially if uh, if they quit production or become uh, less desirable with uh, with people who all of a sudden decided they like Latakia again. So you know you never can't tell. <laughs> uh, but I do I do think that we're in a good position, Brian, where. We still have blenders who are making really quality tobacco. And of course, overseas, uh, when you bring in the, uh, although it's very hard to get it now, but the Galwith, uh the Galwath and Hogarth blends, mm-hmm. uh, they're not coming over here like they used to, but uh, they're still using quality leaf. There's a question as to whether the Kia is the same. Is it? Is it truly the, the, the Cyprian blend or is, or is this the Kia that uh, came across from Lebanon? I mean, I don't know. I don't have an answer to that. I hear all kinds of stories, but, uh, uh I don't hear people saying that a Kia stinks now. So whatever they're doing it still must be pretty good.
0: You, you know, you bring up several nightmare scenarios for me in my mid fifties with my, uh, with my stockpile of tobacco, you know, I've, I've got three, uh, first nightmare is I become, uh, I become sensitive to Perique and can't smoke it anymore. <laughs> and then I'm, <laughs> then I'm packing up a whole bunch of stuff and going, okay, off it goes. Uh, or two Parikh disappears completely and you can't get any more good Parikh. Uh, and then I can't buy anything cause I only like Virginia Pariques. or the third is the worst nightmare. What happens if I really start to like Latakia and then I'm like, I don't got any. <laughs> <laughs> so.
3: That's funny. I'm with you, brother. I mean, I'm not a, I'll smoke it. In fact, I had some of the, um, there was a pipe smoking contest too long ago and of all places, Taylor, Texas at a smoke shop. They invited me to go to and uh, what was the name of that blend? It was a Cornell and Deal blend that I'd never given consideration to before and I loved it. Had a little lot of key in it and it tasted great. And I went, "Uh (laughs) (laughs) uh-oh. This tastes pretty good. And um, in fact, he's going to, he, he he didn't have any left in the shop because everybody else was buying it. It was, uh, he only had like eight or nine extra tens of this, but it was a Cornell and deal blend. And again, forgive me. I can't think of it uh, off the top of my head, but I'll, I'll find out and, and order myself some because I think if, and this stuff was fresh. So I'm sitting there thinking, man, if I could just get 10 tens of this and hang her up for five years, not any longer than that, because I don't think I'm going to last much longer than that uh but that i'll go for it so yeah there's there's that danger brian be careful
0: yeah yeah or you know even worse you know i could become a fan of royal yacht (laughs)
3: Uh, well i hope you don't because uh i'm trying to hoard as much of it as i can
0: yeah yeah all right so let's now that we got kind of a market update idea um you know what what are the things that have changed most in the pipe smoking hobby over over your time that, that kind of surprise you or stand out to you?
3: Well, what really stands out to me is the availability uh, of uh, obtaining, uh, seeing, hearing about uh, pipe makers, uh, pipe tobaccos, all of those things. Uh, you know, back when I first jumped on eBay in 2001 there were a little over uh, before I even, I'd never heard of it. My uh, One of my employees at the Texas sports hall of fame asked me if I'd ever purchased a pipe off of eBay. I said, what's eBay?
4: Yeah. Uh,
3: And, and there, there were like 350 pipes on the eBay page or pages. Uh, And there were these pipes that I've heard of, you know, all my adult life that uh, I'd never seen before. And here they were pictures, the whole bit. And now you go to, eBay and not 350 pipe but 350 million pipes uh, are, are showing at the same time and there's there's uh, I don't think there's anything that you can't find pipe wise uh, on eBay and and these younger people are so knowledgeable because you've got the the, the pipe boards you've got podcasts like yours you get, well you, I think yours is uh, the only one there but the um, oh no uh, they're, but they're, you know you, I'm sorry what there,
0: there's a flock of podcasts now.
3: Oh, are there? We'll see there. I, you know, I I only listened to yours, Brian, so I didn't know that. So, but anyway, well, you got, you got, uh, got some podcasts, taste. There you go. You got the podcasts, uh, you have YouTube, you have all kinds of websites. Um, I mean, it's amazing the information that they can get now and, and they, 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 eat it up, you know, just like you and I did back when there wasn't so much information, but we ate up what we could get. Well, that's what they're doing, and they're able to eat up a lot more. So they're very knowledgeable, and these younger pipe makers are coming out with some of the finest pipes. Uh, You know, as you know, my my collection is American pipe makers, uh, mostly tan blasts. But at your show, the Las Vegas show uh, last year, uh, I decided to pick up a Yeti pipe from uh, Micah Kreider. Uh, just because uh, i'd heard so much about it and they you know the ones he had on his table look great and it's it's a unbelievably good smoking pipe it would would compare to any pipe i've ever smoked and ditto uh when i went trey rice uh, at the texas show a couple of years ago i bought one of his pipes i couldn't believe how well it smoked and now i've got a bunch of those and of course jeff Grachik, uh he's been around for a while but Uh, You know, I picked up another one of his. I mean, all of these guys, uh, your buddy, uh, Jody Davis, I got a great pipe from him not too long ago. Uh, Beautiful tan blast, bent apple kind of a shape. And uh, I'm so glad that I got it because uh, his pipe smoke's fantastic. So uh, I'm just stuck on it. But yeah, the American pipe makers, the younger ones uh, coming up now. Uh, now I'm going to be the first to admit there's a lot of pipes out there from younger pipe makers I've looked at that I go I don't think they should have been showing these anymore work <laughs> uh, but but these guys that I'm naming and others uh, that I'm that I just haven't named time permitting uh, are doing a great job and so I think for those of us in the United States uh, there has never been a time in my opinion where we've had so many, Great pipe makers making pipes at the same time, and uh, I'm just so proud of them. They're doing a great job, and uh, plus, again, with uh, with social media as it is today, uh, so many more people can have access to their wares. So that, that's good for everybody.
0: You know, maybe you kind of going back to what we talked about before the break. Maybe you kind of tapped on what the problem is with some of these older, yeah, you know, some of these older historical brands. Is that you know you can go to a you can go to a pipe show or go on Instagram or go on eBay and find an you know find a, a handmade artisan pipe, you know, made from start to finish by one person and you can find them for 350, 400, 450 and you know they're going to be really good. Why would you start dabbling around and chasing after you know a, an older Dunhill that might you might have to go through two or three before you find one that's kind of magical for you?
3: Well, that's you know that that's a that's a good thought. Um, there's uh, if you're able to, that's one of the reasons why I love collecting American-made pipes. The only ones I own, uh, I don't think there's any. I no, don't anyway. The only ones I own are I have made that purchase either through a phone call or at a pipe show. Uh, uh, I know them; they know me. When every time I pick one up. If I pick a Micah Kreider pipe up, it I automatically think of last year's Las Vegas show. Micah, yeah. beautiful young wife, showing me all the you know all these kinds of things. Uh, same with Jeff Gratech and others. I mean, each one of them has a meaning for me. Uh, if I see a handsome looking uh, tan shell Dunhill made in 1973, uh, I'm not going to buy it because it 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 uh, has no soul with me. It has no appeal with me it's it's not i'll pick it up and go okay some guy over in Europe made it nice pipe
0: (laughs) yeah reminds me of a beer that i had in a british pub one time okay
3: (laughs) Uh, well no soul that's the problem
0: maybe maybe that is maybe that's what's you know maybe that's where it is uh yeah all right so what do you what do you see as the um I mean, you're on the business side. You're on the hobby side because you still buy for yourself. I, I think, I think when hot tobacco or stuff comes in and you want it, I think you just snake it off to the side for yourself. But uh,
3: well, unfortunately, that's not true because I have to pay a 35 uh, percent commission for uh, instead of taking a 35 percent commission. So uh, I found <laughs> out real fast I can go broke. Uh, <laughs> now I have to admit there are a lot of them. I want it so bad to open up and smoke, but I just, you know, I just can't smoke cash.
0: No, you also can't eat it either.
3: Uh,
0: (laughs) And and I understand you have a, you have this thing that you like to do every couple of days called eat. Uh, Yes, sir. Yeah. Uh, What do you, uh, I mean, what are the problems? going forward for the pipe and tobacco world that you're, that you're seeing, what, what's your, uh, what's your worst case nightmare?
3: Well, worst case nightmare is if people decided they didn't like the hobby like they do now, where we're actually seeing an uptick instead of a continuing downward spiral, uh, your, uh, Vegas shows prime example of that, uh, the, um, that would be a nightmare to me because then you'd, you'd lose business. Uh, if uh, and it could be, it could happen, and uh, this is scary to me. Uh, fortunately, I'm at an age where it wouldn't kill me, but if we, but for younger uh, generations, it would. If if uh, uh, tobacco laws were such where they said no more selling on the internet, uh, no more no more tobacco of any kind can be sold on the internet, uh, that would that would that would kill a lot of people. Uh, if if they said that uh, brick and mortars uh, that were pipe shops that are still in existence still fighting still still enjoying themselves if they didn't have tobacco to sell yikes uh, that would be a total collapse so yeah that's my worst nightmare
0: yeah yeah i mean and and it could be it could be something that we get we got close to because at one point the fda wanted to include pipes as a regulated item it's, uh, yeah
3: I remember that. You know, we, remember Jeff Gracie telling me the story about how they wasted a day of his time yeah uh, when they came yeah. to visit
0: yeah and then I guess uh, if I understand it correctly even hu tobaccos over in Europe had some issues that they had to you know, re rejigger the way they distribute and sell
3: yeah it's it's uh, overseas too in a lot of different places you know it's uh, it's getting tougher and tougher England's one of them and I, I used to think England, Ireland uh, Italy. I yeah. mean, these are all pipe smoking countries. What are, what the heck are they doing with all of these, uh, new laws that are, that are hurting their own population of people who are involved in those kinds of businesses. Uh, yeah. um, I hope the United States stays smarter than that.
0: Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. Um, what do you, what are you excited about? What, what are the future things that you see? What's, uh, What's making you go, all right, I'm going to get up and go to work again today?
3: Well, the the, the energy of, of all all of the younger people, you know, listening to your podcasts. I know there are a lot of the old timers who love to, to sit there, but yours has grown and it's grown because these younger people want to be a part of it. I hear a lot of them will talk to me about something they heard uh, either from Rich Essamon when he was on or uh, something one of the pipe makers said. Uh, they they want to know about tobacco like crazy, uh, what, because they couldn't get what we talk about as as pleasures that we have and had. Uh, so they have lots of questions, and you've seen them at pipe shows. I mean, they're full of energy. They uh, they they get together. They'll they'll fly to locations together or drive to locations together, and boosting the pipe shows and buying the tobacco, buying the pipes. Uh, I love seeing all of this, and I hope it continues.
0: Yeah, they get up early and then they stay up late, and you know, <laughs> run on three, four hours of sleep at a pipe show. And
3: <laughs> yeah. I've seen that too, and I thought, oh man, I remember. No, I don't really remember, but I think I remember back when I could do that.
0: Yeah, yeah. I actually uh, last year in in Vegas, I passed a couple a couple of young guys that were going to bed when I was getting up in.
3: (laughs) Yeah, I know. I know.
0: I thought, oh boy, I'm not going to see them. And then boy, they were right there Sunday morning to open up their table. Yeah. Well, I
3: can still get up early. In fact, I do. I get up early every morning. I get up early with the best of them. The problem is I have no staying power. (laughs) Uh, When they're they're just getting ramped up around 9 p.m., you'll find me asleep on the
5: couch. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah um are you see are you seeing noticeably well i mean everybody compared to you most people are younger anyway um thanks yeah including me uh but are you seeing the younger guys coming on to you know coming out there and looking for the looking for the vintage tobaccos and and the hard to find stuff
3: oh yeah that's what surprised me the most was seeing uh, how these younger people were uh i mean when they emailed me or text me or give me a call I'm going. Gosh, these guys know more about tobacco than I do, and they're in their thirties. Yeah. <laughs> you know, what's the deal here? Uh, but they have so much information that they can get from the internet, and they love to talk about it. And and that's why I get so many purchases from these younger uh, pipe smokers, is because uh, they've. Uh, I th- like think of this. McClellan's has only been out of business since 2017, so that's what seven years. Uh, but these pipe smokers who started five years ago—they never had an opportunity to purchase McClellan's tobacco, and they hear how good it is and all of that. So they'll go to my website and buy it. It's—it's uh, uh, it's amazing. They, they, but I guess I would have done the same thing if—if if the roles were reversed. and I'd heard about some kind of a—you know—some blender who was uh, making great tobaccos who was now out of business, and everybody's raving about it. I want one too, by golly. Yes. Yeah. <laughs>
0: uh now we don't want to break any laws or anything but um i'm assuming china is still a big market for
3: you <clears throat> pardon me yeah yeah china is uh it, it, they're not as big a market as they used to be and there are a lot of reasons for that uh it's amazing i get so many people that uh because the tobacco goes so fast they think that uh, the chinese market is buying it all and in fact chinese market's about 20 percent uh of the business but <laughs> Uh, the fact is, they're really hurting over there right now. Their economy's hurting. Uh, they don't. It's not that they have, uh, because they're still the largest growers of tobacco in the world. Yeah. Uh, which I guess a lot of people don't know. But anyway, uh, but the problem is, you know, the the taxes they have to pay uh, when when uh, the value, the customs value comes uh, through, they have to pay that customs value as well as uh, what they actually paid for the product at the time. Uh, they can't if they the the, the um, uh, this postal service over there is kind of crazy. But anyway, if you, if they <laughs> buy anything now that's over four pounds, uh, of course, naturally, I, I sell everything to them USPS priority exp- uh, mail because uh, I can't get tracking if it's first class. So they can't get first class tracking. Uh, and I don't get first class tracking, which is even more important. So. Because uh, if I have somebody holiday and get their tobacco, I'll have proof they whether they did or didn't. I uh, can't do that with first class. So they have to pay a lot of money, uh, way more than we complain about our U.S. Postal Service prices. Theirs, wow, uh, <laughs> extremely high. So they're being more careful with that, too. So whereas I would get maybe uh, eight, ten different Chinese uh, buyers on a. Uh, given Saturday, now it's usually four or five or sometimes three. Uh, it's uh, it's just changed totally until they get the uh, whatever economy issues they're having put back together again.
0: Steve, we're going to wrap this up with a, with a uh, modified Fast Five final questions. All right. And I gave you no prep on this. And in nope. fact, I may have actually prepped just a little bit less than that for this. So are you ready?
3: <laughs> Fire away and I'll come back as quick as I can.
0: What is a uh, favorite or memorable or funny or uh, pipe that you've sold in the past couple of years that kind of stands out to you?
3: Well, there's no question. I can remember that when I sold a pipe that I thought was beautiful. It was an unsmoked Peterson's uh, and uh, I sold it to the buyer and the buyer uh, quickly uh, uh, issued a return, and when he issued the return, he said, "It's it, I can't get it to light." And I went, "That's the stupidest thing I've Whatever. So the pipe is show uh, re- is returned, and you could see a little teeny bit of char at the top of the pipe. And the fact is, uh, they had forgotten. Petersons had forgotten to uh, uh, to make an air hole.
0: Oh no! <laughs> oh no! <laughs>
3: And that's kind of why I couldn't, it would smoke.
0: Yeah. All right. So that that'll stick out in your head. Um, yes. <laughs> uh, any uh, any memorable or funny tobaccos that may have been sent into you for sale that you were like, "What the heck is this stuff?"
3: Well, it wasn't exactly that, but this guy had uh, said he had a uh, an old, and he showed me a picture of it too—an old tin, a two ounce tin of Balkan Sabrani Seven five, nine from the, uh, late seventies, uh, and asked me how much it was worth. I said, well, I can get about $1,400 for that on my eBay site. I mean, on my uh, website. He said, okay, I'll send it to you. So he sent it to me and I opened it up and, uh, the can had been opened and there was some tobacco missing. I went, what the heck? So I emailed him back. I said, well, this can you sent me has already been opened and even has some tobacco missing. He says, well, I know. Is that a problem? <laughs>
0: <laughs> whoops <laughs> <laughs> um it's only about a 1300 hundred dollar problem at that point right
3: uh, yeah yeah
0: all right uh any changes to your favorite drinks of late or are you still stuck in your favorite dr pepper or whatever you were drinking
3: well i know waco is the home of dr pepper but i really don't like it uh, too much. Ah. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm stuck on mostly orange Gatorade because, uh, you know, 11 years ago I did have colon cancer and I used to drink sweet tea all the time. And my doctor yeah. said, uh, you need to get whatever's in uh, whatever's in that uh, orange Gatorade in you. He said, you can have any flavor you want. I said, well, I tried them all and orange was the only one I could tolerate. Now I love it. So I drink orange Gatorade almost exclusively. <laughs> Uh, occasionally when I go out to a restaurant, I'll slip a sweet tea or, uh, be on the back patio and slip a margarita. Uh, but yeah, orange Gatorade. That's me.
0: And we'll, we'll just wrap this up with, uh, you. So every week you do a blog post of some sort, and usually it's got your, uh, your, you know, wit and humor and uh, sense of style to it. Uh, they're free. All you have to do is sign up for, uh, the pipe studs email. And, uh, any favorite blog posts from the past couple of years?
3: Well, I appreciate you saying that it, it's not really a one, uh, but every year I get a collection of crazy emails that have been sent to me with crazy questions. <laughs> and, uh, at the first of the, uh, of every year I'll post my top 10 favorites. Uh, and so if you go back through my blog post and see what some people have written, uh, a lot of times you're going to go now at, at, uh, Pipes that had to have made that up. Well, the fact of the matter is, I can't make up some of that stuff. No, <laughs> It's uh, un- unbelievable. You know, I uh, uh, had a, a very nice uh, ardor, unsmoked pipe. This was on eBay. And uh, I got an email question saying, what's that pipe made out of? And so I emailed him back, and I said, briar and He said, what's that? I uh, had another guy emailed me, and uh, wanted to know if there was pipe tobacco that uh, had was made where it had either chicken or beef flavoring in it. Uh, <laughs> so that's a good one to end on, Brian. But uh, yeah. yeah, fact is stranger than fiction.
0: Yeah, I, I I've sat with you before, and you are you are a brilliant and funny storyteller, but you are not an imaginative and creative person.
3: <laughs> uh, thank you, Brian. I appreciate that compliment.
0: Yeah, well, I mean that's that's because you're you're an old sports yeah you're an old sports broadcaster. You just you just tell the story of what you're seeing. You don't make it up.
3: That's right. No need to have to try to make things up when it's right there in front of you.
0: Yeah. Steve Fallon, the pipe stud. Thank you very much for hanging out with us and coming back on here and allowing me to torture you.
3: No, oh, well, thank you, Brian. You know, I love your show. Love you. Uh, everything you do for the pipe community and you just keep up your good hard work and you keep talking about being in your fifties. Oh, what it'd be. What, how nice it'd be to be in my fifties again. But anyway, uh, you do a great job and keep it up. And,
0: and on that note, I'll remind you, uh, give your wife a kiss for me and, uh, We'll be back in just a minute.
2: Take a look at your pipe rack. Are all those briars and mirrors constant companions in your rotation? Or are there some that you gravitate to more than others? Are there some that you simply don't smoke anymore? Through smokingpipes.com's estate trade program, you can transform those underused pipes into immediate cash or store credit. Just send us your pipes and we'll unpack inspect and evaluate them based on extensive market research and over 20 years of experience. Then, we'll contact you with a detailed offer for your choice of cash or store credit, valid on any items in our vast selection of pipes, tobacco, cigars, and accessories. If you're not happy with our quote, we'll return your pipes free of charge to domestic addresses. It's that simple join the thousands of smoking pipes customers who have benefited from this program and start your trade today by contacting us at 888-366-0345 that's 888-366-0345
0: this is internet radio and we are back and as always you know check out what the pipe studs doing all right, for music, this time we go to the, uh, to the band that uh, Scott Thiele was formerly a member of. Yeah, we go to Nickel Creek, and uh, this is just off of their new album, Celebrants, that came out a year ago or so now. Uh, this is one of my favorites, and it's called Hollywood Ending. I think what I like most about that song in particular, Well, the whole album is full of all kinds of surprises, but every time I listen to that song, I hear just something slightly different. Uh, Nickel Creek, the album is called Celebrants.
1: Mm-hmm. Message from the dark side there is.
0: And remember, the best way to get a comment or question to me is to email me, Brian, B-R-I-A-N, at PipesMagazine.com, Or posted on the Pipes Magazine radio show page on PipesMagazine.com. Going back to last week's show, Dino says, uh, thanks, Jeremy. That was a fascinating and informing segment on the growing and preparation of tobacco. I thoroughly enjoyed the conversation with Charles, particularly with respect to the preparation and publishing of his book. The Brigham Arcana of which he briefly spoke was quite engaging, and is pushing me to get a copy of the book. Uh, Louis singing "Hi Ho" was just plain fun. Yeah, pops can sing and play anything and make it art. Thanks for another always entertaining show, Dino. Uh, Dino, you're welcome. And uh, yeah, Charles, that the, the book is yeah, it's a work of love. So yeah, let's help him out and uh, buy one. And then uh, one more message going back to uh, two weeks ago with Tyler, and this is from uh, Brad, Lord of the Pipe Rings, and he said, Great interview. Got to meet Tyler briefly at the Las Vegas International Pipe Show last October. He's a great guy and is very talented in leather work. As part of my way to stay engaged in the hobby since my health situation has put limits on it, I ordered a tobacco tray from him, and it's fantastic. Can't wait to use it. I want to give a big thanks to Tyler and you, Brian, and everyone in the pipe community. You've all helped me stay positive during this health ordeal. I don't think I can truly express how grateful I am. This is why I love the pipe hobby because the people involved are from all sorts of backgrounds, and just about everyone is kind, caring, and supportive. Yeah, well, you're welcome, Brad. Brad's had uh, uh, Brad's had more than more than his fair share of uh, health issues the last couple of months but he's doing much better and uh, happy to be part of his uh, recovery shall we say in his, in his new life all right again comments questions email me brian at pipesmagazine.com if you are on uh, spotify or itunes those uh, ratings and reviews are much 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 appreciated i checked and i think we're at like 95 ratings on uh on spotify can't re- still can't really see how if there's any comments there, but I'll get that figured out. And in just a moment, rant time is coming up next.
1: Since its beginnings in 1876, Savonelli has become more than just a pipe factory. It's become a lifestyle from sourcing the finest Mediterranean briar and partnering with local artisans to acquire unique accents. To expanding their catalog each year with new innovative series. Savinelli produces high quality Italian pipes that serve as a reflection of your individual tastes. With a portfolio that ranges from rugged designs fit for the outdoors to elegant pieces destined for black tie galas, Savinelli is more than a mark. They're a way to help you make your mark.
3: There's nothing quite like fishing at dawn. Or smoking my genuine Missouri Meerschaum corncob pipe. An American legend since 1869. It's the coolest, smoothest pipe I've ever owned.
1: Check them out at corncobpipe.com. Cowboy. Cowboy.
0: When you buy a house, when you buy a house, especially when you buy one that is uh, pre-existing, so not brand new from the builder, uh, when you buy a house, you are buying a dream. You're buying an idea. You're buying a thought. You are also buying possibly a nightmare. And uh, you are buying the uh, problems that the other people have left behind. And uh, that's what's happening in uh, in our house down here in Florida now, is we're, as we've been in here now for... Uh, a little bit over a month we're finding out all the problems that uh, the other that the previous owners just kind of ignored and i've used this um uh i've used this uh, analogy of uh it seems like the previous owners of this house were kind of like a bunch of just frat kids even though we know they weren't uh it seems like they were just a bunch of uh, a bunch of college frat kids and just rode this house, this house pretty hard i mean since we got here we've had to uh, replace most of the appliances in the kitchen because they were either beaten and battered or absolutely useless uh, we had to have a plumber out to ream or uh, to snake the uh the main line going out of the house all the way to the street so that it wouldn't back up into our shower anymore We've got some baseboards that need to be replaced because they've been uh, puttied and bondoed to the point where you can't put a doorstop in them anymore. And uh, let's see, what else have we found? We've found uh, cabinets that are pulling away from the walls. I'm not sure the air conditioner is working so well. Uh, But, you know, so uh, anyway, just a word to the wise when you get an inspection done and you get a house looked at, just be prepared for problems. Uh, my thoughts are, you know, when you buy a house, be prepared to put another 10 to 15% uh, in cost into it in maintenance right away. And then, uh, that's just cutting into my pipes and tobacco budget and my fun money for, uh, pipe shows and stuff. So, uh, yeah, long story short, this is going to be the, this year is going to be the year of getting this house set up. All right. So just bear with us. <laughs> That's why I keep telling myself, just bear with us. This this too shall pass, um, including the entire shelf that pulled out of the wall in the uh, in the closet in our bedroom and just dropped a, an eight foot shelf of clothes straight down onto the floor. Yeah. So anyway, I, I digress. All right. uh, Comments, questions, email me, Brian, at PipesMagazine.com. Pipe Show, Las Vegas International Pipe Show stuff. Go to VegasPipeShow.com. Remember, limited amount of rooms and tables and uh, early booking deals are on right now. Uh, thank you very much to Steve Fallon for joining me. Thank you all for tuning in, and until next time.
4: The clouds when we're together. Just sing a song and think about sunny weather.
5: Happy travel. Bumba deed, bumba deed, bumba deed,
4: bumba 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 again.
0: <laughs> All radio is dead. Which means that these tape recordings I'm making are for the sake of future history. If any.